Hi, my name is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. Let's talk about what causes us to be embarrassed or to get embarrassed. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with uh, being embarrassed either of myself or of other people. I find myself particularly struggling when I find that other Christians that I am seeing out in the world are doing embarrassing things. It's in those moments that I feel really churned up inside. I'll be watching the news. And the reporter or the broadcaster will say, and now let's go to Pastor Smith for the Christian perspective. And immediately I just feel my chest muscles constrict. I just get tighter. Because I have no idea what Pastor Smith is about, what he's about to say. I don't know if I'm going to cringe. I don't know if he is going to represent Christ well. A lot of folks already think Christians are wingnuts. Will this guy confirm it? I don't know. How about when uh, a Christian leader makes their way into the headlines for all the wrong reasons? Embezzlement or sexual misconduct, some way that breaks trust with the community or acts in a way that just simply feels wrong. It's in those moments that we find ourselves just tied up embarrassed. One time I was at a Christian concert, that is a, you know, a concert where they're going to be playing some Christian music, and before the concert started, some folks came on stage, I suppose to really get the crowd all churned up, and they began to uh, throw these uh, cheap pair of sunglasses out into the audience, and people began to dive under chairs to get said cheap sunglasses, and in that moment, I wasn't just embarrassed to be a Christian, I was embarrassed to be a human. <laughs> I wanted to say, I will give you sunglasses. Stop acting like this. Stop acting like my animals before they get given their food for the day. It's embarrassing sometimes, not even just to be a Christian, but to be alive. And we feel it, don't we? You feel your muscles tighten up. You want to crawl away. You wish you were somewhere else. You just want to get out of there or turn off the TV or just look away somehow not be in that space. And that's what embarrassment actually does to us. It creates in us this emotional state, not necessarily a mental one, but an emotional state of intense discomfort where we physically feel exposed or awkward. We feel, we feel, feel filled with regret about what's happening in that moment. And the reason we have those feelings is because Social situations, social standards have been established, and we think what is the norm, what is normal, has somehow been violated. And when we feel that, we become embarrassed. And it actually happened to me right here in church last week. Maybe you noticed it. I was talking about during the announcement time, the upcoming MLK Day March, and I referred to Grace as a white church. 
What I meant to say was we have been a historically white church, and that's what we were until folks like Roy and Louise Roll came and blessed Grace Church by helping us not be homogenous anymore. And so you only need to look around now to realize we're not a white church. That was a dumb thing for me to say, and I embarrassed me. When I got home and I realized what I had said or what, how I hadn't said what I meant to say right, I realized that I just said something stupid, and I was embarrassed. And of course, I'm deeply sorry about that. Words matter. Words matter. So, it happens all the time, right? Because we have this sort of human standard of society. But we also have, what's more for us as Christians, a Christian standard. A standard given to us by God of things that he wants us to live into. Things like mercy and forgiveness, correction, grace, reckless love, and holiness. These are all important things to God that throughout scripture he has said, I want you as my people to live those things out. He doesn't do it because he wants us to fail. He didn't establish these things because he just likes rules. He wants us to live our best lives in connection with him, and he knows that's the way to do it. And when we ignore or misrepresent those standards or we're casual about them or we pretend that God's standards are not that big of a deal, I think sometimes, I know I do, hopefully you do as well, feel yourself feeling regret or shame or embarrassment because we're not meeting what God has said is the standard. God did not intend us to act certain ways, and when we violate that, we feel it inside of us. We get embarrassed, or at least sometimes we should. Sometimes people don't get embarrassed enough. And I love that the Holy Spirit is prompting us, actually, through this feeling of embarrassment to go in a different direction. That's absolutely what we see in our gospel lesson today. If you want to look along with me, by all means, please do. Matthew chapter 3 in our gospel, we see Jesus Christ showing up at the River Jordan, where John the Baptist is known is doing what he's known to do, baptize. I love it. Truth and advertising in your name. Perfect. Jesus wants to be baptized. That's a big deal. It's a big deal because baptism is about the renunciation of sins. It's about being dedicated, a desire to be a part of the whole community of God's people. So what's the problem with Jesus being baptized? Well, simply this. He's the Messiah. He's perfect. He's the one who's come to save the people, not to confess brokenness of sin in his own life. So here comes Jesus asking John the baptizer to baptize him, and John is a very hard no. John wants to prevent Jesus from being baptized. John understands what's at stake here. He's embarrassed. He's embarrassed that Jesus is asking him to baptize. I got to be thinking here that John the Baptist is at least thinking, look, this is awkward. You should be doing this job. You should be the one handling all of this right here, right now. My mom told me I should go back and get my master's. Maybe I should. Does anybody have any gum? My mouth is dry. John's thinking all of that in this moment when Jesus comes and asks him to be baptized. John feels shame. Being asked to do something that he believes Jesus should be doing, so he wants out of that situation. Doesn't want to do it. But the Holy Spirit has something incredible to show John 
and the world about a new way of living. So in this moment where John is feeling uncomfortable, his attention to God is incredibly heightened. As I was thinking about this scenario with John the Baptist, I was reminded of my own situation somewhat similar to this. Jesus didn't come and confront me like this, but on a Wednesday one time several years ago, our bishop, Bishop Greg, showed up here at Grace. We were supposed to have uh, lunch about one o'clock, but he showed up early and came to our noon service. And so as I came out of the sacristy to do our noon healing service, there sat my bishop right in the pew. My spiritual leader, my spiritual authority, the one who God has put in charge of me and the work here at Grace. And I suddenly wondered, why are you here? <laughs> Aren't you in charge? And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should continue to be part of the service, if I should just take off my soul and hear, you belong, this belongs to you, or do you want to preach, or what should I do? He didn't do anything, though. He just let me do me. And the whole time I kept thinking, you should be doing this. I need to quit. And it felt awkward and out of place for me. Right here at Grace, in the only place I'd ever served, I felt like I was in the wrong place. But it was this powerful, powerful lesson. As the Holy Spirit began to work in me and teach in me that our bishop needs to hear sermons too. Our bishop wants to be a part of a community too. Our bishop wants to be blessed and cared for and received communion just like the rest of us. And my embarrassment was totally unnecessary. I needed to let God be God, the bishop be the bishop, and let the Holy Spirit do whatever the Holy Spirit wanted to do in that moment. And it worked out just fine. John the Baptist's dilemma was sort of like mine, but even more so, because he had heard about Jesus. The stories had been going around John the Baptist for sure, for sure, been, heard, been hearing about the miracles that Jesus had been performing. Maybe he heard the story about when Jesus first went to the temple when he was 12 years old and taught as a child. But I also think that he would have heard about the wedding at Cana, where Jesus showed up as a participant. They run out of wine. Jesus turns not just one gallon, not just 10 gallons, but about 125 gallons of water into wine. A little excessive, right? One gallon would have sufficed for the miracle. 125. I think he's just showing off. John would have heard of all of this. Here, Jesus is asking John to baptize him. Kind of weird. Kind of embarrassing. Brothers and sisters, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. I think quite a bit. Weird and embarrassing stuff. Stuff that's maybe out of the ordinary because God is out of the ordinary. He's not like us. He's apart from us. Not everything in our lives line up neatly and cleanly. And sometimes we're going to be in situations where we need to choose about to, to be very much like we talked about last week. Being either an admirer of Christ or a follower of Christ. An admirer of Christ will do whatever it takes to avoid being embarrassed. A follower of Christ will step into some of those embarrassing moments. At this point in the gospel, John is still very much an admirer of Jesus. He doesn't want to do what Jesus is asking. Jesus sees it. Jesus uh, directly addresses it. He corrects John and invites him into that place of deeper following, that holy place, a place that John 
won't be so embarrassed anymore because he is so deeply connected with Jesus in that moment. Did you see how he did it? You see how Jesus did? He just said, basically, let this be. It is right to fulfill all righteousness. Just that one sentence, that one line, I believe kindly spoken, takes away all of John's embarrassment, empowers, it perhaps even emboldens John. It steadies his spirit, so much so that he's able to do what Jesus is asking of him. And the truth that I see in this moment that I would love for you to take away today is this. Jesus' words and actions release us from shame and fear. Hear that again. Jesus' words and actions release us from shame and fear. His words and their actions can release us from the shame and fear that we're carrying in all kinds of situations. You and I very regularly and very easily live in embarrassment and regret. Everyone has shame and regret and embarrassment about something, perhaps several things. The only difference that I notice in people is that there's those who are willing to be honest about their embarrassment and those who want to lie about it. That's the only difference I've seen. So what do you do with your feelings when you feel embarrassed? How should we deal with those feelings? Because those moments very much matter to God. Those moments of regret, those moments of shame. Because if we don't do something with those moments... We spend the rest of our days just spinning on them, just dwelling on them, imagining scenarios that we could have done it differently, feeling stuck because things didn't go like we thought they should, and we can't undo that. Reminder, Jesus has released you from all regret and shame and embarrassment. He does not want you to carry those things anywhere with you, particularly into your future. You are free. Even if you don't feel free, you are only a prisoner to those things. If you keep bringing them up in your head over and over again, because God is not bringing them up for you. Jesus wasn't upset. He wasn't overwrought by John's saying no to him. At such a significant moment to baptize Jesus, he's not undone by this. The same is true for you and I. There is nothing you have ever done, there is nothing you ever will do or say that Jesus is so ashamed of that he doesn't want to do life with you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If you do, the power of the Son of God will freely and totally connect you with him. Assuming you want it. The problem is we don't feel free, right? The problem is when we have those moments of shame, embarrassment, and regret, we continue to think about them, spin on them. Maybe you've forgiven all the past ones, but then... So what's a healthy response? What's the healthy response since Jesus has actually released us from shame and fear? How do we do this? I think there's two solutions. I would encourage you to write down. Two solutions depending on where the embarrassment is coming from. First of all, if you've embarrassed yourself, as like I did last week, if you've embarrassed yourself, the way to handle that is to own it with humility. To own it with humility. When the embarrassment comes from you, when you're the one to cause it, like John or me, you need to own it. Admit that you made that mistake. The temptation, though, is to get defensive, isn't it? 
The temptation is try to explain yourself. Well, I really meant this, or I, I didn't mean what you think I mean. Or another temptation would be like, look, it's not that big of a deal. Just let it go. Put the onus on somebody else, right? That's your problem. You have too many issues. No, that's true. We need to stop taking all those other avenues and own it with humility. We need to recognize that when John refused to baptize Jesus, after Jesus pushes him into doing it, John just does it with humility. And because John owns it with humility, did you see what happened in the text? He gets to witness one of the most incredible Trinitarian events ever to occur. All because he owned his own embarrassing actions. He sees the, he sees the Son of God go into the river. He sees the Spirit descending like the dove. And then he hears a voice, the voice of God from heaven. All because he owned his own junk in that moment with humility. You can do it too. It won't be easy. It takes practice. Good news, you guys. You're going to have lots of practice. You're humans. Lots of opportunities where you step into a situation and you embarrass yourself, either by accident or because you just said something dumb. And I want to encourage you to own it with humility when that happens. When you do, you will witness God in action. You will see the power of God in that moment. He will speak to you. And he will change you forever if you're willing to own it with humility. That's if the embarrassment comes from you. The second thing is, if the embarrassment comes from someone else. Sometimes we're in those situations. When we're in a part of a group or we're in a situation, maybe you're on a text string, you're in an email. Social media is renowned for this. Someone says something embarrassing. What I want to encourage you to do, the Christian response, is to speak to it generously. Speak to it generously. Did you see what Jesus did or perhaps actually didn't do when John refused to baptize him. He didn't angrily demand that John repent. He didn't force John's hand. He didn't blow up on John in that moment. He also didn't walk away from John and just leave him there. Go find somebody else. Edward, the baptizer. He didn't do it. He stayed right there. He directly speaks with clarity to John about what needs to be done. This was the time, this was the place of his coronation, Jesus' coronation. He's entering his time of ministry in this moment. So he helps John own it with him. So when you're with somebody whose actions cause you to start to cringe, to feel embarrassed, don't shrink. Don't avoid it. Definitely don't ignore it, but also don't whip out your flamethrower and start blazing away. Love them enough to step into that situation and speak clearly, directly words of love. They need you in those moments more than ever, even if they don't know it. And if you don't know what those words are, if you don't know what to say, if you feel like, oh man, I want to say something, but I don't know what to say, you can very simply say something like, look, I think we need to pause here for a second. This doesn't feel right to me. That's okay. That's appropriate. As I was thinking about ways that this affects us and approaches us, 
I can't help but think of the place at which our country is right now in this moment. We're about to yet again enter into another political cycle. And there is no shortage of rocks and bombs being thrown at each other, sometimes metaphorically, sometimes physically. I think we as Christians, that is you and I, I'm putting you on the hook here, you and I need to be the ones to bring reconciliation and clarity to these very, very challenging discussions. We need to be the ones who firmly and yet gently offer peace by entering into these very, very charged discussions while other folks are acting like crazy nuts. You're throwing gasoline on these topics, either on social media or, heaven forbid, with your own family. I'm telling you right now, you're not living as Jesus wants you to. And let me make a very clear distinction here as I wrap this up. There is a difference between acting generously and acting with acceptance. Just because you're being generous with somebody doesn't mean you are accepting them. You don't have to accept what they're saying. But you must be generous if you expect to win a voice for Christ. If you quit being generous and you just let them have it, you will lose everything. And that's not the way of Christ. So when you embarrass yourself, speak with humility. Someone else you're around is doing something embarrassing. Speak to it with generosity. If you can do those two things, you will be living out exactly how Jesus showed us to live right here on the River Jordan. This is what he wants from us. This is how we can live. Let me pray for you. Father, we admit our brokenness and our sinfulness and the ways that we both embarrass ourselves and the ways that we embarrass one another. Sometimes it is a slip of the tongue, and sometimes it is intentional by not being caring and loving. Forgive us, God, for the ways in which we sometimes are embarrassed and try to shrink away and say nothing at all. Cause us to be bold enough to believe that your Holy Spirit will be in us and help us to have the right words, but Lord, also help us to not say things that add gasoline to these very, very important discussions. Help us to be people of peace. And when we say these things that bring honor to your name, we would see you come down like a dove. We would hear your voice. The gospel would be made known to this broken world. We ask this in your son. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.